I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Well, wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. It's been very rainy today, which is so nice. We need the rain, you know? We need it really badly. So I'm glad it rained. My German Shepherd, Miss Amelia Pond, hates it, though. She puts her ears back and squints her eyes when she's outside. It's so cute. Poor girl. Today on the show, we have a fellow Days of Our Lives alum, Miss Victoria Conifal. She was so fun to talk to, and she shared some great stories that I'm really excited for you guys to hear. So here's my conversation with Victoria Conifal. Welcome to the show, Victoria! Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be here. It's so nice to meet you. You know, I grew up on Days of Our Lives as a child actor. No way. So I love talking to people who are on it now. That's amazing. <laughs> what did you, who were you on the show? I was Abby Devereaux. Get out of here. Yeah. Oh my I God. Was... Days alum. What's up? What's up, mama? <laughs> I know. I feel like there's so many of us. We should create a club at this point. But, um, oh, but yeah, I was the fourth, the fourth Abby. I think there's what, been like seven or eight now? There's been a yeah. lot of us. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> And the character herself has developed like four personalities. So now there's four Abbeys within the one Abby. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> which is so bizarre to me. I I remember talking to Marcy about that a while ago at an event or something. I'm just like, what happened to Abby? She just yeah. went off and 
became a little a little wild there. <laughs> yeah, but like as an actor, isn't that awesome to be oh, able to the best four character? Like, oh my, that's a dream role. She gets to have so much fun and play around with what she has in her actor's tool mm-hmm. belt. It's just it's awesome to watch her work because she does a splendid job at it. So shout out to Marcy. <laughs> shout out Marcy. It's always fun too when, um, especially with soap operas, you know, you join the show as a character and since it lasts so long, you get to experience all these things that you never even thought the character would go through. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's cool. It's a blessing to be able to play the same character for so long because you really get to know that care. Like mm-hmm. I was talking about it earlier this week, actually with a friend of mine. Um, Sierra feels like my baby. Like she feels like a little part of me, you know, I am protective over her and what happens in her storyline. So um, it's really cool. But at the same time, it's also hindering because you play the character for so long, you get to know them so well. Where mm-hmm. do you grow personally as an actor? You know, like, right. you, what's the next step? It's true. But I think a lot of that too is uh, growing with the people that you're with, right? The people that you're working with, because those are the people that are constantly challenging you as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. So how long have you been, um, how long have you been on days? Uh, So initially I had signed a two year contract and then I signed another six month contract. And Mm -hmm. um, recently January of 2020, uh, was when I decided that I wouldn't be coming back for a contract. And then they didn't know how they were going to write me in as a recurring. My mm-hmm. you know place on the show was very up in the air. And then COVID happened. Yeah. Um, so, you know, <laughs> we were all unemployed. We were all in the same boat. We were all just waiting to hear back. And uh, when they picked production back up in September, um, they reached out and asked if I wanted to join on contract again. And I was very firm in my decision of, you know, saying no as respectfully as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so they offered this fun little dealio where they bring me on for like 16 episodes and then they give me time off and then they bring me on and then they give me time off. Uh, um, that's amazing. Right. Like they're so willing to work with me and, and the liberation that I'm trying to feel, um, it's just because the contract is so stifling in terms of working for other things mm-hmm. or even auditioning, you know, like sometimes it's so hard. Yeah. Sometimes my agent will, you know, have a conversation with a casting director and, you know, they'll say, yeah, she's great, but she can't work for us. So why do we even want to see her? And so mm-hmm. I just, I wasn't able to go in the room or even try. Um, and that's really important to me. So I, I wanted to make sure that I have an opportunity to do that. And mm-hmm. so I've just been auditioning my butt off, haven't booked anything <laughs> super significant yet, but like, at least I'm out there trying, you know, that's what yeah. fuels it for me. I love auditions. So. And it's funny you say that because I totally, when I was a teenager, auditions to me were scary Yeah. because I had gotten, I'd been an actor for so long already. And then when I hit my teenage years, it's like your brain finally starts to get a little self-conscious And I'm finally Mm -hmm. at that point again where I'm like, oh, my God, I love auditioning now. Yeah. It's it's a weird little thing. You just let go of – because after a while, it's like, okay, how many times can you go in the room and be so nervous that you forget your name? You know, Mm -hmm. you kind of let go of that. I personally got over it because I was just tired of it. I'm like, I'm sick of being (laughs) nervous. I'm sick of sweating and not knowing and being all, you know, clammy and whatnot. I just – 
I wanted to have fun. And mm-hmm. that's our job. You go in the room, you do your best rendition of whatever. Well, go in the room, you go on Zoom. You go in the Zoom room. <laughs> yeah. You go on the Zoom now. <laughs> you go on the Zoom. Um, you do your best and you leave it out there. And it's just, they're looking for a specific version of the character. Don't yeah. be what you think they want. Be yourself. Mm-hmm. Like that's the biggest thing that I've learned in auditions. Because when same thing, when I was younger and I would audition, I would want, okay, well, how do they want me to do it? How, how would they, you know, that doesn't matter. It's how I want to do it because that's right. what separates me from the, you know, other brunette that has been cattle called to the same audition. Like there's a million of us. So the least we can yeah. do is do ourselves the favor of, um, you know, honoring our individuality. It's true. I remember, I think I was 19 or 20 and I was taking classes with uh, Margie Haber, who's a fantastic uh, coach, but she had told me at one point that, oh man, I just forgot it. Oh, <laughs> oh God, I'm old. You need this great piece of advice that I'll never forget. I forgot it. <laughs> that happens to me all the time. Listen. What happened? It was there. Oh no. She told oh, me to mean- walk into the room and act like I already had the role. And yeah. that's what changed everything yes. for me. Yes. Because then I'm just there doing my job rather than saying, please hire me. Right. Exactly. There's no desperation. There's no Mm -hmm. pick me. me. It's okay. I'm here to do my work, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoy. Like, yeah. (laughs) Would you like some popcorn? Anybody? Anybody? You're going to want a box of tissues for this performance. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I would love to walk into an audition room with some tissues and be like, here, these are for you. Just (laughs) forewarning you. It's going to (laughs) happen. That is unwavering confidence. I feel like the casting director would just have to hire you solely based on that. Right? Like, oh, like you'd have no to get the job. Way. Yeah. There's no way. Oh my it's God. always the funniest audition stories that get you the job. Like, yeah. I remember this one time I auditioned for Modern Family, and it was super early in the morning. None of my agents were up, so I couldn't call them to tell them. <laughs> um, you know that we're not really supposed to talk to the casting directors directly. We go through our agents. Um, so my audition's at like 7am, I'm running late, I'm getting gas and something happens to the gas tank. I don't know. And it sprays gasoline all over me, girl. I am soaked in gasoline. I'm like, wait a second. What do I do here? (laughs) So I go, I run into the gas station bathroom. I strip like butt naked. I start washing the gas in the little sink. I'm like trying to wash it off. I'm like, I can't go in completely soaked in gasoline. This is horrible. Um, I ended up not doing that successfully i put my Uh -uh. wet gasoline soapy clothes back on i go to the audition late i'm calling the woman on my way there i'm like hey i'm really late i'm sorry my agents are asleep um i had an accident at the gas station like i'm fine everything's fine but like you know i'll be there i walk in covered in (laughs) dust i reek up the place all the other actresses (laughs) stare at me like what the hell has this girl been through i walk directly up to alan hooper and i'm like hi i'm victoria i'm here for my audition and he bursts into laughter and he's like we will see you right now thank you i go in the room and i booked it (laughs) like i think they booked me because i walked in because it was so memorable right i'm like in tears i'm freaking having a panic attack and they gave me the job out of pity maybe i don't know God, that is amazing. It's that is incredible. Story. It's my favorite audition story to date. It's so fun. Oh my God. Wow. That was yeah. beautiful story. Beautiful oh, story. I'm so happy. I'm so happy you appreciated it. 
So tell me how you got started in acting. Everybody has their origin story. So what's yours? Sure. Um, so I grew up in Brooklyn, New York City. Uh, so I was in that, you know, arena, the whole theater. Mm -hmm. I grew up a theater kid, actually. Um, sorry, my dog is barking at the ball. Um, <laughs> if you can hear her. I hear you. Hi, um, so I was actually in attendance of an off-Broadway musical. Um, they turned The Hobbit into a musical at this like cute little theater oh my gosh. in uh, Dumbo, Brooklyn. Um, and I fell in love with it. And I'm like, why Why can't I do that? Like, that, that's so cool. They're just going up there playing pretend. I tried to go up on stage during the performance. <laughs> my mom was chaperoning the trip, thank God, because she grabbed me. She was like, no, sweetheart, you sit back down. And then the director, he admired my spunk, I guess. So he came up to us afterwards and asked if I wanted to audition for the South Pacific. Of course oh, wow. I wanted to. And yeah. I got it. Um, he loved me and my like attitude, I guess. I don't know. And <laughs> I was with them for seven years after that. So we put on a bunch of plays like wow. Carol. Um, oh, yeah. I've been there. I've done yeah. that, that route. It's like you, when yeah. you're a kid doing Christmas Carol, it's like you get to play all the Cratchits at some point and then right, Little exactly. Fan and then all the, uh, like the ghosts. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah. So, and we did, they even wrote um, versions of Three Little Pigs into musicals. So I got Cute. to play the pig with the straw, you know, <laughs> the straw queen. Um, and then, yeah, so after that, it was like game over, you know, one yeah. performance and it's like, well, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm not going to take no for an answer. And if it never happens, then I'm going to die happy trying, you know, mm -hmm. um, totally it's one of those that. things where it's like, you are so passionate about that job. You can't see yourself doing anything else. I tried, like I went to college for psychology. I studied criminal Whoa. law. Like I really wanted to branch out and try other things that are more practical. Right. Mm -hmm. No, I would not be happy <laughs> doing that. Like, no, it's, I find it interesting. It's fun, but it's not what I want to do for the rest yeah. of my life. So, you know, once I caught the acting bug, that's it. It was it. it and that's yeah. how it is. I feel like for everybody in this, in this industry, it's like, we've all tried to to do something else and we all just keep coming back. It's just that it's, it's a plague yeah waitressing <laughs> is one of them that you do yeah i've actually never waitressed i i avoided really? it yeah i avoided Congratulations. that what an thank you i know i know i avoided it by going into like the production side of stuff when i'm not acting because i was like i'm not oh, going to be an fine. actor that is a waiter i can't do it i've seen all my friends do it <laughs> so you're, you're from brooklyn what made you come out here yeah Honestly, I had booked my first movie, um, and it, it's a little indie film that has yet to come out, but it's <laughs> supposed to come out in October of this year, I believe. Okay. Um, and I booked the lead in that film, and it was the first thing I ever booked, and that kind of gave oh me gosh. the confidence to be like, oh, wait, so I can do this, and I can book a job. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, let me just go ahead and try. So um, I finished filming that movie, and... I was still living with my mother. I was like 19. So I moved out to LA five years ago. This, this year is going on five. And um, I asked my mother, I'm like, hey, how would you feel if I dropped out of college and <laughs> went to LA, got a waitressing job and started auditioning? Um, and she 
supported it fully. Um, she also you know, wanted that life for herself. So it just so happened. Mm. It's one of those things where it's like the parent wants something for you and you just so happen to also want it. So she was ecstatic that I wanted to do this. Um, and then, yeah, I drove from Brooklyn to LA mm. um, in the middle of one of the biggest snowstorms of all time. It was insane. I almost died like seven times. Oh <laughs> the universe tested me, but I made it here and yeah, the rest is history. Did you take the the northern route or the southern route? Oh, so what I did was a loop-de-loop. So the first... <laughs> <laughs> I really just went, wee around America. Um, I also drove to Sundance during that week. So I was oh, wow. all over the place. Um, so the storm, I started in New York up here. And I thought, okay, I can totally outdrive the storm because it was supposed to stop in Virginia. I'm like, as long as I get past Virginia, I'll be fine. No, every hour the weatherman is like, hey, y'all, the storm is expanding. Stay home. <laughs> All of a sudden, the storm is in Tennessee. I drove 21 hours my first day of driving because I needed to get out of the storms, like, the eye of whatever that was. Yeah. I needed to get as far away from it as possible. And so I drove to Tennessee. I'm like, y'all, I can't drive anymore. I'm with my two friends. Um, and we sleep at a hotel. We wake up. There's, like, a foot and a half of snow. Oh, God. Ice thick, thick ice. And I'm like, I can't, we wanted to go across, but I'm like, we need to cut through Alabama where it's warmer, go down to the South where the snow will melt. Um, and so that's what we did. Then we went down to Alabama. Then we went back up to Utah, then back down to the Grand Canyon, then back up to LA. So we, yeah, it was fun. I've done, I've done it the opposite way with my best friend who moved back to Connecticut a few years ago. And we went in like, I think it was, late January early February so it's also a really bad time to go right and we got stuck in like Vail in the Colorado Pass and we just we thought we were never gonna make it out alive yeah never yeah it's terrifying because you it doesn't matter how great of a driver you are or how much Uh -uh. you trust whatever's happening no that's beyond your control you can be going five miles per hour and then skid into a tree yeah it's insane Insane. it's it's the worst it's the worst it's terrifying (laughs) Anyone listening, do not drive across country in January or February. Thank no, you don't do this. Please go in the summer. <laughs> yeah. So you get to LA and what happens? Do you have friends out here? Do you stay with people? What What do you do? Um, no, I didn't really know anyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, <laughs> I was just, you know, winging it. Well, okay. So one of, I had developed a friendship with um, someone who I filmed that movie with. So she okay. let me stay at her place for a little bit. Um, but it wasn't really, she was the only person I really knew. Mm. Um, and I had to move out of that situation because she had someone else coming over. So I was, I was put on my feet pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I lived in my car for a little bit, a couple of days, just because I didn't have a place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found an apartment, um, started auditioning, started booking, you know, lifetime movies here and there, that amazing modern family episode Mm -hmm. that I told you about with the gasoline. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And I started booking and then I got, you know, I was doing the thing grinding, um, got an audition for days of our lives. Didn't hear back for a month. Thought it was completely, you know, lost onto the next role. Um, yeah. And a month later, they call and they say, hey, we want you to audition again. And they had me audition seven times before I actually Ooh. booked it. Yeah, the audition process was so lengthy and they actually tested us twice. 
So you know how typically what? after the first test, you're supposed to find out within two days if you got it or not. They yeah. wait and they're like, hey, we need to test you again. I'm like, y'all really want, you are so dramatic. Makes sense that you're a soap opera because this, <laughs> this is dramatic. Tell me yes or no. <laughs> that is completely different than when I auditioned for it. Because when I auditioned for it, it was just a reoccurring role. So it wasn't like a, right. a testing situation. Right. But I was also a child. And the casting director back then, God bless her soul, Fran, who's now passed, she was, you know, incredible. And they trusted her. And I think I auditioned for her once. And that was it. Like, mm. there wasn't really any sort of callbacks or chemistry reads or anything. It was just, okay, right. there you go. You got it. A one a wonder. There you go. Seven times, though, is a journey. Yeah. It's a, It was a journey, a pretty stressful journey. Because, you know, you as much as you try to separate from, am I going to book this? There's still that little light in you that's like, okay, yeah. am I going to book this after every audition? And then it kind of yeah. dies down after a couple of days when you don't hear back. And then you hear back. And then it, you know, they, they kept me on a roller coaster for sure. Um, but it was very well worth the wait. I was yeah. on my way to my serving job when I found out I booked it. My manager calls me. They're like, well, guess who's going to be Sierra Brady on Days of Our Lives? I'm like, shut up. If it's not me, like, um, you're fired. Like, you can't <laughs> do this to me. Like, um, it was me. I was so excited. I couldn't drive to my job. I was just, you know, not. Yeah. Well, you got the driving. shakes. Yeah, I got the shakes. I got the excitement, you know, jolts. Um, and then I had to call my then boyfriend, um, and he drove me to work and I gave Wait, my- you still went to work. Yeah, I did. Well, listen, <laughs> it's a, it was a small business, a small restaurant okay. family owned. I couldn't just leave them understaffed. Um, yeah. and I worked for two weeks after I booked it. I gave them time to find someone to replace me. Cause I wasn't just going to leave them, you know, out. Yeah. That's very nice of you. Yeah, I, I think so. Had had they been a corporation, though, I probably just would have been like, you know. Sorry. Yeah, see you later. If it was see a cheesecake factory, I would have been like, peace. Right, right. They would have found somebody else. In a heartbeat. But, you know, these people are very specific about who they hire because they want to get to know you. It's kind of mm-hmm. like dating almost. Like they want to mm-hmm. make sure that you're the right fit for the restaurant in terms of personality and work ethic and whatnot. So I wanted to give them time to uh, find someone. That was nice. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so on this show we like to talk about um auditions that have gone awry you've already told me the gasoline story ah, yes. um but is there another audition that you'd like to share something maybe that uh you really wanted that you didn't get a happy audition a sad audition anything like Girl, that I've been waiting I've been waiting for this moment yes um so over quarantine this is the thick of it right this is when yeah. production is starting to pick back up sort of kind of this is like June July I dipped. I left LA and I went to my uncle's property up in Northern California. It's like 11 hours North. So I have no service. I have no connection to the outside world. Really. Um, I only have service in this one spot. Um, and it's like on the branch of a mountain, like I need to do some serious core strength to get this service. Right. Like it's not just, (laughs) Oh, let me sit by the picnic table. No, I need to climb a tree to get to this service. And I get an audition for freaking Batwoman to play Batwoman in the CW series. I'm like, you're kidding me. We've been in lockdown for four months and I'm getting a Batwoman audition. When I tell you I was so excited, 
And I just so happened to have my Halloween costume from four years ago in my car. Guess who I was? I was Batwoman. Batwoman. Did I wear the costume for the audition? Yes, I did. Did I get a callback? Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm in my Batwoman mask. I'm doing the audition. I'm in the tree sending my audition like video by video via we transfer to my agent. Oh, no. Um, I get a call that they love me so i get a call back i have to drive into town which is two hours away um so that i can get service so i can live call back with them they love me they want to do another test with me with the entire like the showrunner everyone i'm like oh my god so i drive to my agent's daughter's house which is four hours away from me so i can like use a computer make sure nothing goes awry i need to you know do it um it was really between me and the girl who booked it, Javicia, who is killing mm-hmm. it. I tuned in. She's amazing. I love the way the storyline went for her. Um, but it was between the two of us. I really oh almost God. became Batwoman. It was the most exciting. Like, I consider it one of my top career moves in general, just because I got yes. so close. I literally could have tasted it. And, you know, I didn't get it. That's fine. There's something else out there for me. But I'm still excited with how far I went. Like, Batwoman. Yeah. Of yeah, all, I mean, how many people they brought into for that role, like, oh my god, so many, and yeah. like sometimes that is the the prize, right? Is how far you get, how yeah. far you get is sometimes the prize, and sometimes that's enough. Yeah, and building a you know good relationship with David Rappaport and Berlanti Studios, like they've mm-hmm. br- brought me in for so many auditions since that audition because you book the room. That's also mm-hmm. something that they don't that I I love you know telling actors who are just starting out it's. Sometimes it's better to book the room than to book the audition. Make them love it's you. true. Make them want you. Make them say, damn, I really wish she was good for this role, but you know, she's not exactly what we were thinking. I'm gonna keep her in the back of my mind though, because mm-hmm. you know, just having that relationship and establishing that within this industry is not easy. It's not easy mm-hmm. to book the room. So if you do that, that's also major props to you. Go grab your major a Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go have some brunch, babe. Go have some brunch, babe. Avocado toast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my gosh. Batwoman. That would have been amazing. But, you know. Listen. On to something the else is out there. Yeah. Exactly. Something else is out there. Exactly. You're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. What kills me is that I had the Batwoman mask in my car. Like, I just had it in my car the entire, like, for three entire years. I just kept it in my car. That is so bizarre. I'm in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. You don't have internet service, but you have a Batwoman mask. Story of my life. Story of my life. What is that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. You have a a new movie that's coming out soon, right? Fog City? That's the one I was telling you about. That's the first project I ever booked way back in the day. That inspired, yeah, and so it's been in post-production for so long, um, and ev- it's a horror film, so every Halloween they tease it, mm. you know, premiering, and it never happens, you know, production can <laughs> sometimes take a minute um, or two. It, yeah, but, it can. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's coming out. No promises, okay. but as far as, as, you know, what I know, it is coming out, and I'm very excited for it. Um because I get to play the supervillain, the psychotic killer, and that is fun. Oh, those are the fun, the yeah. most fun roles is being yeah. crazy. 
just sink your teeth into it and like actually this. go crazy. That's when it's a little dangerous to method act. Yeah. Because then your friends start looking at you weird, like, oh, yeah, a little bit. Why are you looking at me with that crazy eye? Yeah. <laughs> Don't go full Joker, but like, you know, a right, bit. right, right. <laughs> Yin and yang. There's a healthy balance. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people follow you on social media? Um, you can all follow me on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is at Victoria Conical. Just my first and last name. Easy peasy. I love that. Easy peasy, yeah. Thank you again. You'll have to come back when you have more to share. And Absolutely. Um, I look forward to see what you do next. Oh, thank you so much. This was an absolute blast. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Victoria for coming on the show. Make sure to tune in next week. And until then, go ahead and follow us on social media. We are, uh, we're starting to post some really fun video clips from the interviews. So if that interests you, go check it out. Those links are in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. Give us some stars. I know every podcast says it, but it does help us. So while you're there, leave me a couple stars or five. However, you know, whatever you're feeling like more the better. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell tell anybody you want. Just get the word out. Help a girl out. And as always, thanks for coming in. Hello, friends. This is Mark Nell, executive producer of the Table Read podcast, where imagination meets performance. As we wrap up an incredible season one, we want to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you who tuned in and supported us on this amazing journey. Season one was nothing short of extraordinary. We delved into captivating scripts that transported us to worlds beyond our imagination, thanks to the brilliant writers who delivered these works. But what really brought these stories to life were the talents of our amazing actors. But wait, the excitement doesn't end there. As we bid farewell to season one, we are thrilled to announce the launch of season two. Get ready for more gripping narratives, more unforgettable characters, and more mesmerizing performances that will keep you on the edge of your seat. We have some big surprises coming. The Force will definitely be with you. So stay tuned, stay engaged, and most importantly, stay excited. From all of us at the Table Read Podcast, thank you, and let's make season two even more memorable together.